hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about? Today we're going to discuss 1967's Something Weird, directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis. Michael, what are we drinking today? Well, today we are being sponsored by Millstream. This is some more that I, I had when I was back home, and I brought it back from Millstream Brewing in the Amana Colonies in Iowa. We have two beers. We have their Saturday Night Pants Weed Ale that we're having right now. It's and then excellent. We, yeah, it really is in the 1923 Kolsch. Cheers. Cheers. This uh, Saturday Night Pants, this Weed Ale, is, and I'll tell you right now, it's in the mid, it's right in the 90s. Oh, yeah. It's, it's hot, hot outside. Here. Oh. This is great. This it's is what a, you want on It's, a, it's like, like that American Weed Ale, where it is like wheat and grains, yeah. you know, you, hops. It's a great balance of the hops and the malt. Light, easy drinking, four and a half percent. Like this, I, this if, goes if, down easy. If we weren't talking about <laughs> this dumpster fire of a movie, we would be sitting outside in the shade well, drinking these. Well, this is a movie where you'd have to. Well, to first watch off, this. two yeah. things. Spoiler alert, yeah. and this is your pick. Yes, <laughs> this is my pick. I chose it strictly for one reason. As we're going through B movies, at some point we're gonna have to discuss. Herschel Gordon Lewis and his filmography. But there's so many podcasts that have done like 2000 Maniacs and The Wizard of Gore that I decide I'm just going to dart it and pick something that no one discusses. And so I said, hey, something weird. Herschel Gordon Lewis. And it's on Tubi. It's easily accessible. Only reason. I'm going to say right now, Michael, this is probably the worst movie I have ever seen. Hands down. Well, we might know why it hasn't been discussed. I mean, right? True. Yeah, you don't see it on other podcasts because maybe they watch it and somebody, because I'm not kidding. We've talked about this. Like, we each give ourselves, like, there's one where we could go, I'm not doing this. I've never been closer to texting you and, and saying, can you pick something else? There's just nothing about this movie. I didn't. I ended up, you know. Slogging through. Yeah, soldiering on. As I do, but I, I really was close because it was just... Bad. I was close, too. It was bad from the opening scene. I mean, I'm totally... I'm a, I'm a kid of the 80s. I am desensitized to violence. But it, this movie, like, made me uncomfortable. There were some moments that I just went, this is gross. It's bad in all the bad ways. It's bad directing, bad acting, bad sound. Bad writing. Bad writing. I mean, it's the, the laundry list... And sometimes that spectrum work gets so bad, all of a sudden becomes laughable. Something enjoyable, like Plan 9 from Outer Space. This never crosses no. that needle. It's no. just like, I'm like, whoa. No, because people talk about movies that they're so bad, they're yeah. good. Yeah. You know, because you sit there and you go, oh, hey, we're going to drink yeah. and play a drinking game and watch, you know, Ed Wood movies or something. I wouldn't Show do this. girls. Yeah, I wouldn't do this with no. this. Because this, yeah. it's not funny. It doesn't rise to the level of being so bad it's funny. I don't understand because this is, isn't like... Herschel Gordon Lewis's first film. This is about I, I counted. And I think this was his nineteenth movie, and he was forty-one years old. He's just a bad filmmaker who somehow was able to sort of sell himself P.T. Barnum style into getting some money to make a movie because this movie is awful. Oh, it is. I will not say anything good about this movie. No. I will say one good <laughs> thing about this movie: the actress who played Ellen Parker. And the actress who played the secretary for the federal government organization <laughs> were very attractive. And their style that they had for the 60s, 
I thought was pretty cool. I mean, okay. other than that, I'll give you that. There's nothing. There's ab- the absolute the running time. You, you always know that it's an hour and twenty minutes. You always... it, it could have been a forty-five minute movie. He padded it with a lot of stuff that was unnecessary. And I, you know, I, I okay, I'm finding some things that were all okay. It's like the drunk guy in the restaurant. You know, hey, honey, hey, honey, why don't you? You're not very nice. Hey, honey, why don't you? You want a drink? Get a drink here. Have some of my drink. <laughs> I want to go back in time and be that guy. I want to play that part because it's just hilarious. Like we'll get to it. And it was shot on location, but it was. I mean, I think Herschel Gordon Lewis was known that he. I think he shot in Illinois. I think he shot sometimes in. This is set in Wisconsin. Was Jefferson, Wisconsin, which exists. It's between where I grew up in Milwaukee. Maybe a trip out there sometime. (laughs) Something weird, historical. I'm gonna be back there soon, but I don't know if I'm gonna go to Jefferson City. So, (laughs) and one last thing before we get into the entree of the episode is that Millstream sponsored this. This was they gave us this beer for this episode. The thank thank you. Millstream they, has been a huge supporter. They are they, awesome. They've given us they've sent us beer. They've given us some beer. And for a movie like this, I highly recommend if you listen to this podcast and you decide, yeah, I think I want to check this movie out. <laughs> get yourself some Millstream. <laughs> You're yeah. gonna need it. If you can't get your hands on Millstream, get your hands on something. Yes. You cannot watch this sober. I did. I mean, there have been movies that I've kind of end up you know, a little in my cups when I'm drinking. This one I watch sober every time, and it just got worse. This is it's hard to even discuss. So I asked my brother as a neutral third party, hey, will you watch this? He's on summer break now as a teacher. <laughs> and he watched it and they called me and he said, Um, if you're asking my honest opinion, he goes, there might be some bones there if someone wanted to, to maybe make a new movie in this. He goes, but um, this is a bad movie. This movie opens with one of the, there's a woman running in a dark tunnel. She's like running from something and then she gets murdered. And then they freeze on her eyes. It's it's poorly executed, but, yeah. but it's still, it's, it's just dingy and grimy. And then they freeze on these eyes at this woman that's supposed to be dead. It's just a... And then there's a weird jazzy beat to this entire soundtrack oh. with like that sound like Jason. It's it's like a, excuse my language a shitty jazz combo yeah. over here that I'm guessing is Herschel Gordon Lewis's yeah. neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> and then over here we have some 60s psychedelic guy who's who's got, I, I can do sound effects. What was that instrument that they used the for theremin? Stars? The theremin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. The theremin, and then this crappy local. Jazz combo. It's all over the place. It is, you know, as, as somebody who did a little bit of LSD, it, it is like a bad trip. You start off that way and you go, ooh, what am I in for? But then we go to the karate scene. The karate scene doesn't need to be in the movie. It no. serves no purpose. It's complete filler. In fact, I think he probably just filmed it on a camera and had the audio is awful. Oh, like it's really done in a karate studio. So everything is bouncing off the walls and it's hard to hear. And you don't know who this person is. Later on, you realize it's it's supposed to be our hero, Dr. Alec Jordan. And And he really does talk like that. The whole It, it kept reminding me of like when Richard Pryor would do a white guy voice. It was just the best, or Eddie Murphy doing the white guy voice. Because he does. He sounds like this. I am George, I'm Alan And Jordan. he purposely does it. You see him take a breath and try to put himself in that voice. And I'm like, why does he do that? No, no purpose. Horrible karate. It Dude, serves no purpose he's, whatsoever. He's buttering up his teacher. I, mean, I think he's like, he's like, you know, really need that black belt. Yeah. And so he's saying, this guy gives this presentation that I never karate Yeah. This guy's not good at karate 
It was just terrible. He's doing all these things, he's like doing punches and these lame kicks. And then Jordan goes, well, I'm sure glad you're on our side. Yeah. And he goes, the other side practices too. <laughs> all intense. They would probably say it's, it's a setup for later, but I'm like, you don't need this. Nope. I contend that they shot everything and Lewis went, holy crap, this movie's way too short. Let's throw in a karate scene. Yeah. Because then it cuts to where it's hard on the first viewing to understand who these characters are. It's Dr. Alex Jordan making out with someone. So you learn he's a cad right off. Yeah. You know, and he's a ladies' The man. sound effects make me... They're, it would turn me off from making out forever. There were just like these squishing sounds. Yeah, it was like... like it's like a ham sandwich. It was. Or, or they went out, they like recorded people stomping through a swamp in boots. <laughs> Just your foot stuck in mud. That's It was gross. Well, the folly effects, I mean, even at the end, when we get to the bullets, don't, don't, it's not even a gun that's being fired. I don't know what that sound no, is. No, they're not smacking the bottom of a five-gallon drum. That's what they got, a five-gallon bucket. That's It's the worst sound effects. But yeah, You and I could make better gunshot sound effects right I, now I know. with it, things that we have at hand. So it's another example where just no attempt. But that scene's important for one reason, is that she... You also have a, a very fuzzy close-up of the woman he's making out with saying, Alex, you're electrified. And it's a perfect jump to our next scene where... So a dude falls <laughs> off a building and he's got... And then there's a live wire, Jason. I know. A live wire just <laughs> flopping about like a huge power line. And this the engineer, this guy's supposed to be an engineer. Even in 1967, I think they would know, don't just run over and grab a live... Because yeah. Alan Cronin... Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, Cronin <laughs> Mitchell. Mitchell. An engineer. Runs over goes, hey, everyone, get out of the way, get out of the way, and grabs the wire. And then he's holding it like it's fighting him. You know, like it's a snake that's going to attack him. And then it, it sadly, it hits his face, and he electrocutes, and he's on the ground. Did you call the ambulance? Somebody says that in the last 30 seconds. Did I call the ambulance with what? Yeah. <laughs> and then that there's one actor in that scene, one of the hard hats. He's like really aggro aggressive acting he's like he's dead <laughs> he's like right on top of him. yeah and it's great because they to the first guy they, they go oh he was dead when he hit the ground and they look and you look over and he's breathing oh <laughs> you can see the actor breathing this guy's messed up he's totally messed up and of course the doctor walks in the scene you know he's a doctor because he's carrying a stethoscope he steps over a dead body and just kind of walks over and goes yeah yeah let's get this guy how many you said the doctor was coming you said like why do we need and doctors don't come it's paramedics the paramedics car, that was someone's station wagon that they just bolted lights on. Even the gurney. Like, I think the gurney was like someone's board or something. This movie cost 35000 I was able to find yep. the budget. was 35000 which I did trans. I found out that would be 300000 in today's money. Not a lot. I will say it again, and I'll try not to keep repeating it, but Herschel Gordon Lewis had made like almost 20 movies at this point. He made 2,000 Maniacs before this movie. And Blood Feast. I mean, he made a lot of movies that are legendarily bad. They're not great movies. He made a lot of movies already. So even if he doesn't have tons of money and he's not super talented, just doing something enough, you should be able to do a better job with a lot of this crap. It's like even with lighting. You should learn. It looks like he hasn't learned a damn thing. I, I completely agree. And he gives himself dual credit, photographer, and director in the credits. Yeah, that's not credit. <laughs> we go to a PBS. It's a voiceover over just clouds. It's something like this. Science knows contact the world around them by their five senses. Sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. But many times a person reports an awareness of a happening when none of these channels could possibly involve. 
This then is the sixth sense, and it's delivered exactly like that. And it basically gets to the point where it mentions Dr. Alex Jordan, a renowned parapsychologist, is employed by a branch of the federal government for top secret work in ESP and its relationship to American defense. Ridiculous. This organization is determined that the United States will be the first to communicate with other planets. That's their lead. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this. The, no, nothing about this. And, and I'll say, and I will say this, like you said, it's just the shot of the sky. Nobody bothered to wipe off the lens because there was like clearly a couple pieces of dirt or something on the lens. You just, you even just a quick blow. So, but after he says they want to beat the USSR, <laughs> yeah, after this whole thing, they show Cronin in bed rolling around with these weird psychedelic lights. I'm assuming he's getting his powers. Is that, that, I, I, that's the note that, I made. Like, this, mo this movie makes you assume so much crap. Yeah. It gives you nothing and just says, we're going to confuse the hell out of you. And then, eh, because then we're talking to a university doctor. Well, it's, it's Dr. White and Dr. Oxen. Roxen. Roxen. I, I did find that out. Yeah, I thought it was Oxen too, but I think it's Roxen. But Dr. White and Dr. Roxen. The government's supposed to be interested in this kind of stuff, but this university, they're like, hey, I heard you university guys are into this because these two are just awful acting. And they're talking about he's a sensitive. Yes. That's what Cronin is now. He's got his mind is opened yeah. up and, and they're talking about he's the most impressive sensitive I've ever had. And the and Dr. White's saying, I thought he was faking. I thought he was a phony. Yeah, a phony, which is great. I love phony. And they're passing around an x-ray. Now remember, he has burn. So he has soft tissue damage. You don't see that in an x-ray. And they you keep don't. passing this x-ray back and forth. They're no. like, yes, look at that damage. <laughs> no, it's the you're, one problem. You are right. I'm sure that you would probably x-ray someone yeah, of in course. that situation. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I wouldn't hand this to you and said, look at this, Jason. And the scene, they keep passing it back and forth for no... It's one of my issues is that when, when a bad movie is made, part of it is that you have scenes where people aren't acting that you would act in real life they're told to do something with very little direction yeah so they're saying hey act like doctors and discuss it oh and here's an x-ray that you can use as a prop so these two men are just passing this mm -hmm. thing back and forth because they don't know what else to do no one's giving them any direction or or jason what can happen is they're given too much where yeah. where gordon's saying you know pass this this yeah. is an important thing you guys are exchanging <laughs> and so they're told to pass it back and forth it's it cuts both ways but it, it's it is a sign of just like just incompetent yeah. it's incompetent filmmaking it's not even someone i don't even feel like anyone's trying to make a decent movie which would go back to things like ed wood a lot yeah. ed wood was really trying that guy had a passion yes i think herschel gordon lewis i think his only passion honestly to say this not joking at all his only passion was the ladies yeah and the dollars I, the, the money yeah, the and, and the ladies that yeah. come with it example of the dialogue in that scene between dr roxon and dr white is one of them says they're trying to discuss why he has these powers all of a sudden. And someone says this. <laughs> maybe the accident was a cause, or maybe the electrical current he was subject to. It's the it's, same it, thing. I, I wrote the same thing. It's I wrote the, the same, same thing. thing. Yes, it's those, not two different those things. Those aren't mutually exclusive, Dr. Roxon. <laughs> like, who's the doctor? Like, what? The accident or the electricity. <laughs> the electricity was the accident. Good golly, and man. And there's dialogue like that. I've watched this like four or five times. Yeah, and, I, I, spent, uh, I spent a good chunk of my life. And listen to dialogue, and like, no one says stuff like that. I'd be willing to bet I've seen this more than Herschel Gordon-Lewis saw it. <laughs> 100 bucks. So, so now we meet 
our main character, Cronin Mitchell. He's in bed and a nurse is talking to him. That is one thing I'll say is that he was smart enough to try to hide the burns because he knew this looks like crap. Oatmeal yeah. I put on his face. Where we're coming up short is the makeup guy. Yeah. That's what Lewis was probably thinking. He went, man, everything's going solid except my makeup guy. So, But he's sitting in bed. He's just moping. And the nurse is asking him questions like, oh, he's a terrible person. He is. He I, I, the more I watched it, the more I was like, I, I thought everything bad you've that comes to you i'm okay with because yeah. he's a terrible he's he a, looks like a very young jan michael vincent he does you're right when you said that I, I told i saw it because i just i hated on this guy so much i couldn't give him that credit you know because jan michael vincent was a good looking dude yeah he was you know so he's but the, the nurse wants him to use his powers like yeah. oh tell me this and he says you're gonna somehow he can see the future he can't just read your mind he's yeah. seeing the future like esp is not about necessarily i didn't think he has tons of powers because of electricity michael <laughs> he's but, a sensitive exactly but he tells her and he starts being really mean because he goes you're gonna marry in a year or something he's gonna be this guy and he's like oh you know him in the car last like, night basically she was messing around with the guy and and then he attacks her yeah and he, like he does he attacks her yeah. as like i'm gonna rape you yeah I, i'm not siding with him at all i want that clear yeah. but then, then she goes a freak like you should have died <laughs> Whoa! Well, even the Dr. White said something like, God only knows what he can do with a face like that. Yeah. <laughs> so of- it cuts to where he basically has, he's out of the hospital. You have to make a lot of assumptions. He's out of the hospital. He's throwing up a shingle. He's charging $2 per uh, reading in a hovel. When you look at the scene, look to the bottom right of your screen. There is beard bottles. No one's going to do that because no one's going to watch this. this no one's going to watch this. Because forgot to remove it from the scene. <laughs> no one's going to watch this. And he, has, <laughs> and he has a lamp that for some reason he turned, like, it's... He's very dramatic. It's so odd to have that piece of furniture right in the middle of the table. And they're like, oh, we, you're right. I can't afford my makeup guy or the makeup guy didn't show up today, so I'm just going to put a bandetta over his face. And it's clear there's no makeup on. So he's doing the readings for two bucks, which I got to tell you, if you're really seeing the future doing yeah. all that, even in 1967, dollars, two bucks seems a little, a little... Yeah, aim higher. Yeah. Like, and he's mean. He's just, yeah. this guy's a dick. Who goes to him? Like, he's not going to get repeat customers. Yeah, because he'll tell you one nice thing, but then he just says a terrible thing. Because, yeah. you know, and this woman is, this, this woman's trying to use his power. She asks him some questions and he answers. And then she says, oh, and by the way, my, my husband wants to know which horse is going to win the fourth race tonight. <laughs> You know, which, I mean, that's using powers, you know, but, and he goes, the horse your husband doesn't bet on. <laughs> so he sits down and all of a sudden a book, this one, such a ridiculous moment. He sits down out of nowhere, Jason, you're sitting at a t- at your desk and a book materializes in your hand, the witch's Bible. And he says, something's going to happen. <laughs> Once again, dialogue that makes no sense well something something does happen besides a book materializing out of thin air in a film of terrible acting maybe the worst actor in the whole movie shows up the witch the witch comes in she's all (laughs) she is she's exactly what you think someone who's 25 years old you're saying i need you to act like an old lady thinks the witch in like an old fairy tale exactly because that's what exactly this is it's a fairy tale and it is just cackling and shaking and like warts on her face that keep moving from scene to scene and everything's punctuated with (laughs) (laughs) and a shawl because she has to be old lady right she She is there to offer something to mitchell it's the faustian agreement 
I can fix your face if you be my lover. It was great as his reaction. Rock you. <laughs> you know, he just like mocks her. She fixes it yeah. just to kind of prove. I think I think she's doing it to prove it. Because yeah. I, I, I don't understand that scene ends. Did he accept the bargain? I mean, because it's she didn't really make an offer. She's like, I'm just going to do this, and then you're going to have to do what I want, or I'll put your face back. Be with, my but, lover. Yeah, be my lover. The, okay, the best scene now. Yeah, I know it's your favorite. Scene. Well, I, it's just this drunk guy is just so it's just laughable. Cronin's got a new face, and and he's like, he's a good looking dude. People describe him. He's he got looks, the ascot. He looks it's like, the 60s. Exactly. So. <laughs> Ascots are. I love them. Like you have a closet just for your ascots. <laughs> what am I going to go with tonight? I'm going to go with the uh, the burgundy. Peter Cushing, he rocked them before, so. Well, he's Peter Cushing. <laughs> this is Tony McCabe, who I'm just going to say, all we could find out, he died in 1968. A uh, year after this movie. Strange circumstances. We could find nothing. If anyone can find out what happened to Tony McCabe, please let us know because we both looked a lot. So the only thing that I really cared about in this movie is how did he die? Exactly. What happened? You know, he was a good looking guy. And- he was a shitty actor. <laughs> oh, Excuse yeah. my, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a terrible actor. Yeah. He should have stayed with engineering. He's strutting around. Like, he's the cock of the walk. He's like, I got my looks back. I've got ESP. I'm the best guy in the world. He sits down at a table. There's this lovely woman at the table next to him. And all of a sudden, this drunk dude, this dude, he's just walking through with a drink sloshing around. And he's like, hey, honey, hey, honey. Sees Ella, this young lady, sits at her table. And goes, hey, honey, can I buy you a drink? Honey. Shoves his drink in her face and goes, have some of my drink. Yeah. <laughs> Being really nasty, and Cronin saves her. He comes up and says, "Hey, buddy, you got a phone call." Yeah. So he meets this young woman, and his powers don't work against yeah. her. And he says, "Pretty girls in trouble call me Mitch, and always ask me to join them." The guy has game, you know. That's cause... a terrible game. I mean, <laughs> he's got the high pants because he says the... he says it in this like haughty way. Everything he delivers is just in this haughty way. He can't read her. She's like, hey, let's go back to my place. I love this because she's all ready. She says, you know, hey, man, I'm ready. He walks out of the bathroom. She's a, is she in a towel? I, like, I, I couldn't I, figure it out. I was like, I, is that a towel Is that her now? dress? It was just awkward. It just looked, well, it can't she, be her dress. They were, I, I know, but she looked at it. She looked uncomfortable. And but the, the she, actress, I do have to say, the actress. She's, she's cute. Oh, adorable. Yeah. But he comes out. And instead of going beautiful woman alert, who's like ready in a, in a towel. towel, he turns to the mirror to admire himself. And his ascot. And so he's like, yeah, my face is fixed. I'm, I'm, things are looking up for Mr. Cronin Mitchell. Turns around and it's the witch. Yeah. So this is the deal. She lures him and she fixes his face. So he's got to be her lover. But I'm thinking from now on, he only sees her as the witch. Everybody else sees Ellen, so that's that's the agreement. He's not going to be Ellen's lover. He's the witch's lover. So, I mean, that's kind of a... See, that that's was a hard. tough trade. That, it, it is a tough trade. Because, again, it's like the monkey's paw. Yeah. You make a deal, you make a wish or something, and you think, hey, I want a really hot car. And you get a cool car, but it's stolen, a quote-unquote hot car. So it's that thing where you wish for something, he makes this deal. It's not like he, he, he doesn't get to have a fixed face and sleep with a gorgeous young woman the rest of his life. You gotta sleep with the witch. Yeah. Why do you think they had to have two actresses, one for Ellen Parker and one for her witch persona? You don't have much of a budget. You gotta pay these people. Yeah. All I can think is that Herschel Gordon Lewis wanted more women. Yeah. Just as many women as he can have around because there was probably things going on. Then we get to the next death of a woman because we, we're going to find out that there's basically a serial killer. Yeah. Before we're we're serial eventually going to get to the plot of this movie, which is... Yeah, really no, small. we're not. Yeah. There is no plot. There really isn't. There's just a bunch of crappy scenes. Because, no, this one, Jason, was even more weird than the first because there's the woman 
in some dank, creepy cellar somewhere with a flashlight, which is yeah, I, I, which is what young ladies were wont to do in yeah. 1967. In Jefferson, Wisconsin. Wa- walk around <laughs> abandoned basements <laughs> with flashlights. <laughs> and then it's terrible because all of a sudden we see one of those old-timey torches. Yeah. Some hands are fiddling with it. Goes up and burns the woman's face. Burns her face. It's clear that she he burned her to death. And she falls on the ground. But what are they shooting that's on the ground? Is it supposed to be her face melting? Yes. It's so hard to figure because out what it is. Because I can see like, the clothes. Oh, no, Jason, it, I saw it like, so like, many times. Are they trying? I'm Even assuming. Even to do a good job? Well, because of the levitation scene, we're going to get to that. Is just, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Because now we meet the other possible hero who also sucks. Who you met before because he had a karate <laughs> championship scene and a makeout session at the beginning of the movie. It's or Dr. that voice. You can't miss that voice. It's Dr. Alex Jordan, and he's in D.C. And this is where it gets a little convoluted. We want to send you to Jefferson, Wisconsin. Check out this ESP guy. And, by the way, a bunch of women are being murdered. Yeah. I mean, I get that you're part of the ESP division. So, first of all, do you need to be... Are you supposed to be investigating murders? <laughs> Secondly, if you are... Wouldn't the murder of seven women sort of rise above the possibility of a guy who can read your cards? They want him to leave today. And he's like, I'll leave tomorrow. They're like, today, Jordan. Well, I'll tell you what. Millstream is in Iowa, and that's not far from Wisconsin. We and, have to do a something weird trip <laughs> But if you're going there, opened in 1985. Iowa's oldest continuously running brewery right now, I believe. I'm done with my can. Oh, my God. Four and a half percent. Perfect. It has a nice, really black and white photo yeah, on the done, front. They've done a complete rebranding. Yeah, I would say that looks to me, that's that's a bunch of dudes from probably in the Amanas, which yeah. is this like settle, settlement of people. The that could be so a good. picture from that era of, of farmers, yeah. a lot of farming out there. I mean, it's Iowa. There's, there's a goodly amount of farming. It's providing sustenance in trying to explain this headache of a movie. Yeah, man. <laughs> I wish I had more of this when I was... <laughs> Where are we trying now? We're doing, we a, we're doing the Kolsch. Oh, the Kolsch. 1923 Kolsch. I love Kolsch's. Another perfect hot summer beer. Hell yeah. Uh, smells good. Spot on. That's a Kolsch right there, buddy. That's a little bit of that bite. Yep. Delicious. There's a, there's a little, little sweet. Always, it always makes me think of grain. Thank you, Millstream. They I do. don't know if I could get through this movie without you. You know what? <laughs> These beers and a bottle of bourbon. Something. <laughs> anything. <laughs> 4.8%. Colchers are always going to be right in there. I love them. There's just that flavor. It is. It's summer. It's, it's summer. summer drinking. It's hot day drinking. It's grilling. So the 1923 Kolsch, first time I've had this. It is remarkable. For this one's nails. I, I'm not surprised. These guys do such great beer. I've been in another lifetime. The brewmaster there and I worked at another brewery back oh. in Dubuque. That's where I met him. Uh, when I went to Iowa, Iowa City, short drive. That'd be like a Saturday afternoon. Drive out to Millstream, drink beers, play Yahtzee, sit outside. They've really expanded. They have a beautiful outdoor beer garden. I put pictures up yeah, on our have. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. It's beautiful. This has made all of the watching of this movie turd, turd sandwich. <laughs> well, okay, Jason, I got a question because yeah. now we're going. We're in Jefferson, Wisconsin. One other point that dr alex jordan is a cad is when he leaves the office of his director he just hits on that secretary little, calls her pussycat little casual sexual harassment yeah 1967 but i i got the impression the way they were exchanging that something had they had oh yeah thing. clearly yeah, there, there was some things going yeah. on between them before and he was just like not tonight you know he's <laughs> off to jefferson here's my question did he drive there 
or did he fly? Because we go to Jefferson, he pulls up to the curb, gets out, opens the trunk. The trunk trunk of this car is a disaster. He, he can't find his suit, his briefcase. He can't find his briefcase. I think he drove. And what what kind of rental? I mean, it's nineteen sixty seven. You it, could still fly. It is a, from the set designers to the cars they use. Whoever did this, the people were messy because that back of that every like, truck they opened. It's, it's, it's horrible. And he finally finds a briefcase and he pulls it out. Cop Maddox, yeah, important character. Yep. He, he and the chief and this other cop were talking, yeah. and then he goes out to meet mr jordan and jordan basically it just insults the town he says jefferson wisconsin i'll put this on the expense report if there's anything to spend like just insulting the town big city karate expert doctor exactly and he kind of mocks maddox like okay detective maddox of the crime division like goes in and they go in and one of the first things he says to the chief is i get the i get the feeling i'm not welcome here And I'm like, you've been here three freaking minutes. All you've done is insult the town and the people you've met. What do you expect? <laughs> you know? Is your assumption that Mitchell has been there for a while, Ellen Parker? Because I don't it, know. It's, it's a strange scene. Because Are they from there? Where did they start? Where I, did we, I don't it would have instead of the karate scene, maybe you know, tell us that Crone and Mitchell was up in the Twin Cities, and then they ended up in Jefferson. I don't know where he was because everything's the same. Yeah. Every in every scene, the beginning, middle, and end, it's all shot in the same place. So I'm like, I don't even know if Jordan was in Washington D.C. He could have been down the Might street. have been Sheboygan. I don't know. <laughs> it was, no, it was It was terribly confusing. Like, the first couple of times I thought Mitchell was and Ellen were in Jefferson. Yeah. But then I'm, I went, I think they were actually went there. They and, went there to solve this case. Yeah. Because then Jordan says to the chief, well, Mackay, see Mitchell. And, and the chief's like, well, let's bring Mitchell in. And I'm yeah. thinking, like, wait, so Mitchell's been waiting another room. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a poorly designed written scene. The first time watching this, I'm like, I don't, I don't know who's who in the entire movie. Oh, absolutely, Jason. And Jason, I thought Maddox was a karate guy the first time I watched it. The second time, I'm like, okay, clearly that's Doctor Jordan, kind of. Jordan, he works for this department in the government that is supposed to find ESP people. All he wants to do is demolish Cronin. He says, if he's a fake, I'm going to demolish him. Mm-hmm. And then he starts insulting Cronin, going on about, you know, do you like TV acting? Yeah. Like, if your job is to f- go out and find some specific person, he's going about it in strange ways. He's just going around insulting people. He's, I, I would think you would go, well, let's test you. And so the chief says, well, why don't you do a test? And it's like it's the, the most... Mo- what the what the, the most convoluted, like, okay, take something out and set it a on a thing. Piece of paper. Now hide it. And then he came over to... Mitchell comes over to the piece of paper and draws what was on the piece of paper. And the chief... I'm a believer now. My wife gave me this letter opener, and, and the Mitch is like, and you've kept it hidden because you thought it was too ostentatious for this office. This office is like, it's not even really a police office. No, it's not. The, the, the rumor in right now. was ostentatious? The rumor in now is more of a police office. Yeah, oh. uh, it's stupid. And suddenly, Jordan, out of nowhere, he, go, he goes, hey, have you ever heard of LSD? Yeah. And he says... I've got a jar of it. He's got a little vial, which he says, here's some of this. It's supposed to put you in a trance. I don't know what kind of LSD they're doing. You know, you can zone out on it, but, and so he just hands over this little vial of the, of this LSD, which I'll tell you the LSD back then was like 20 times more potent than anything you can get today. 
It wasn't some intense stuff. And he just hands it over to this guy who's already got, like, apparently mental issues. Yes. <laughs> like, which is, even in 1967, the government kind of knew. We don't, just, we don't just hand this out willy-nilly. So, let's make a list real quickly. Serial killer, karate master, government agent, ESP, LSD. Hell like, yeah. They're throwing everything that... That's a, oh, that did I mention a, a witch? That's a party. <laughs> that is a party. And a serial well, killer. Yeah, and, the seri- and, the chi- and the chief mentions, hey... We're going to have a ghost, too. We're, we're going to have a party yes. with my influential... <laughs> yes, which is, Jason, that's how I That's how I invite people over. I say, Jason, do you want to come over to my party with my influential friends? And this goes nowhere. They make sure we know that the chief has like these political aspirations. Yeah. He's glad handing and he's yeah. he's working the room and he They're at the party and And I just gotta say it. It is the single whitest party. Oh. We're two white guys. Yeah, exactly. We're pretty we're pretty like the definition of white dudes. And I and I went, Wow, this party is white. These are just some white people. And Mitch is really hitting on the a, wife, a married a woman, a brunette who's you know she's kind of cute too. Yeah, and her husband, the, the, some guy goes to her husband and says, "Hey, you know your your wife really is, is interested in that guy." And he goes, "Ah, that better be all she is." Yeah, and then <laughs> Doctor Alex Jordan is almost right on top of Ellen Parker, like so close. He really likes her, and then he has the line, "You're a strange person, Miss Parker." <laughs> I didn't mean that as an insult. <laughs> That's like zero game, dude. Yeah, exactly. You are just give up, go home, call it game over. She seems to be a little flattered. And that. they do these quick cutaways, like yeah. close ups to her eyes, yeah. and her eyes are really wide. Yeah. They do it twice. It's just out of nowhere, yeah. just real quick, there's a flash in her, it's her eyes. Yeah. And there's a reporter, of course, because, you know, the chief schmoozes with yeah, everyone. He's got the head in, of the Influential, the influential yeah. friends, bud. <laughs> and this reporter, you know, says, I'm going to be doing some stories on something. I don't know. Yeah. And then finally he says, oh, we got the ESP guy here. Why don't we do a demonstration now? And the chief goes, eh, hey, Cronin, hook me up. Help me out with my influential friends. Yeah. And now comes the, another demonstration he does. And Jason, I don't, like, he sits in a chair. He says, oh, everyone just shut up. I'm going to do this thing. Commune with the spirits. And there may be levitation. And then <laughs> the best line. <laughs> I know. And then the light goes red. And you see Mitchell. And I only way I can describe it is, it looks like he's on the toilet and he's struggling. I he's just making this face, and then things get so confusing. Is he disappearing or shrinking? Because he's supposed to be communicating with the dead. I don't see any dead people coming. No, and but but the woman, one woman says something brushed against me, and I thought, well, is that a spirit? What's going? On? Somebody goes, wait, what's that at the window? They run over to the window. You don't see anything. Nothing is going on, and somebody says something brushed against me, and then everyone goes, oh. And we're doing the first person camera because the camera is moving through, and everyone's looking at the camera. And I'm guessing this Cronin is levitating. That's what I think is going on. And that's what everyone's seeing when we're doing the first person camera. You have to make a lot of guesses. Oh, it was so confusing. I, I can't say this enough. I was stone sober every time I watched this crap. And I went, I don't know what's going on. Maybe if I had been drinking yeah. beer, it would have made Jason, sense. Jason, everything makes sense if you're drunk. Because then Cronin <laughs> falls off the chair. Cronin Mitchell, we're going to call him both ways this whole time through. I know. And we should have picked one and went with yeah, it. But here we are. Cronin the, Mitchell is... Yeah. If you hear Cronin Mitchell. or Mitchell, it's yeah. the same deal. And everybody's like, we're believers now. And first of all, once again, continuity. He's <laughs> sitting down with a jacket and tie. When he's in his trip, he's just with a shirt. And then when he comes back, he has his tie back and the jacket's gone. 
I, no one's keeping track of anything in this. I know, <laughs> but we, what we do figure out is that the Reverend has an idea with all of this business. He's like, I got a ghost, and basically his problem, Jason. This is great because they go to the church. He says, "Hey, can you help me off with this ghost?" His congregation, they've been neglecting their churchly duties. I wrote that same line, and i.e., they aren't giving enough money. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what Lewis meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I assume. This is like a Scooby-Doo moment that has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. They've got a 10-page script, and he goes, we got to do more, boys. Yeah. And so he says, how about a ghost? So Alex Jordan and him team up and walk to the church, and then they're there. And and the ghost comes out, and then he touches the ghost. They go, don't do it! Don't do it, Cronin! (laughs) Even the... Even the photographer's like, you're going to need a photographer to document things. That photographer's like, go, I got a weak yeah. heart. I'm out of here. Yeah, go, like, get, go get the spring. There's a guy. Hey, there's a guy named Shaggy. And he's got this van called the Mystery Machine. He's also a photographer. That's essentially who they got. But the scene is just, it's a useless scene. It doesn't progress it, no. the plot. It doesn't add anything. No, it's just like, And it's not even that. cool. And, there's yeah, nothing exactly. even cool about it. But his explanation, too, makes no sense. He's like, well, the ghost just needed to contact the living... To move on, I mean... One uh, thing, just... one thing about this scene, I'm not going to say it makes it necessary, is he at one point says, never tell Ellen I was in this church. And Jordan makes a little face. Hmm. I'm going to tell Ellen that he well, was in the church. Well, I wonder why Ellen can't know that. And I don't <laughs> he, know. He sounds like I, a Muppet. That's I, what it is. He sounds like a Muppet. I don't know why either. Why could he tell Ellen? She's a witch, dude. But still, which is like, Bible? She's an evil witch. You can't. She's she goes. Hey, you can't be going into that place. That's that's, that's the opposite. I'm on the opposite end. She's doing the devil's business now. He's in. He's in cahoots. My best part about that scene is, you know, that Dr. Alex Jordan is number one a chain smoker plus a litter bug because he's walking up to the church in that scene. He flicks the cigarette that he's smoking right onto the church's lawn. <laughs> it just stands out when you see people litter in these old movies. Oh, oh, I know because. <laughs> So after that throwaway scene, Jordan is with Ellen. He says he called Cronin. I'm calling BS on that. He said, I called Cronin. He wasn't around, so I called you. And they get jumped by these hicks, these small town hicks who don't really like the government being there. And And they're psychics. They're psychics. They're bringing the town down. So what they're going to do is they're going to beat up Jordan and basically take Ellen. But now we find out maybe why that karate scene was there because Jordan does some lame karate to beat up the hicks yeah then he takes ellen back to his place now here's the question for you michael i'm assuming dr alex jordan came in from dc he's staying at like, I like that you always call him dr alex because they were like dr alex you're, jordan you're you're showing him some respect <laughs> that the man does not deserve but if he's if he's in from out of town i'm assuming he's staying at a hotel right so what hotel has a fireplace well no here's the thing jason i thought they were at her place Oh, really? Because I thought... Which would be the same thing, because I don't know... If because I would back say Mitch and them, but they'd be living in a hotel too, right? But, but that goes to my point that maybe they were in Jefferson the whole time. There's just like... They're, they're, no, they it, don't care about... Yeah, because no, I, I felt like they were at Ellen's, because then this whole scene, which... Hold on, I gotta take a sip of this cold. <laughs> so do I. Cheers, bud. Cheers. This is, this is a damn good cold. Yeah. Can I see that can of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Is this a fire in the background? That's the or- sky. Um, I know that area. That is in the Amana colonies. That's a beautiful black and white picture they have on it. I think that is right by the brewery. I Like I said, I'm going to be back home soon for some family stuff. Nice. I don't know if I'll make it too because it's about it's a little bit of a drive 
from where I'm going to be, but I'll be able to get their beer. So I'm going to see if they have more of this because I think they do some variations where they might add some lime or something to the Kolsch, which I will accept that. There was a moment, I got to be honest, because the Midwest connection, Wisconsin, Iowa, it, it matches, it works. But there was, it was tough because I, well, I, I never judge I, our beer by our movies. No, but the thing is, is there are times where it's it's not that I judge the beer. I almost feel like it's disrespectful to the beer to pair it with this crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's not. It's a, but you know what I mean. There, this this moves the there, movie in my needle. Like yeah. having drinking this, having Millstream, having the wheat. And the Colts drinking this makes me think, oh, you know, I might have liked this to be a little more than that. Yeah. This <laughs> but is like complete alcohol talking. Ab- no, absolutely. But there is, there's a part of me that <laughs> almost wants to go to and go to a, a liquor store and say, what's the oldest Miller Lite you yeah. have? <laughs> it's like, where's your high life? Where is, where is the, oh, not even high life. That's, I'll take high life. I just want, I want your, your light beer and I want it old. I want, I want dust on it. <laughs> the, the dust this, on the cap. This is just crap. I want the date to be like, oh, is that 2020? <laughs> this is a great beer. It is. And it does, it sort of does take the pain away. It takes the pain. Because <laughs> we're, we're discussing like a swing 60s scene here because Dr. Alex Jordan is with Ellen Parker. We're doing this back and forth, this cut, this. And Cronin Mitchell is with that brunette from yep. the party. Makeout session galore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what, and not Jordan and. And Ellen, but he's hard. He's, he's trying hard pushing because, and then she makes this very, and, it, and she does it on purpose. Yes. She she tells him, "Hey, something's happening because as long as Cronin is alive, I can't look at another man." Now, do you think because she's an evil witch that her goal is to get rid of Mitch and get another Jason? This is what I think, and I've thought about this too much. <laughs> <laughs> People refer to Cronin Mitchell as being super good looking. Yeah looking like a, a movie star. So she went with him because she went, oh, I'm going to restore your beautiful yeah. looks. You be my lover because you're beautiful. You're, you're attractive. You have physical gifts that I like. Jordan just saved her with his karate and she realizes... He proved his manliness. Yes, this man... The talisman. He can be my lover yeah. for another reason. He can physically protect me, which is kind of odd because she's a powerful witch. But no, that's what I think is after that, she drops this and she goes, I'm about done with this guy. Yeah. I'm moving on to you. You're my next catch. Because he, he goes a little crazy. He atta- attacks her. He's no good. He's no good. Yeah. It's just, He's like, I want you. And he does. And in his voice, it's just it makes it so laughable. It, it, I want you. I want you. It's a jarring scene because he just like, it goes from zero to 11 like that. And then she bites him and he's like, you little witch. <laughs> and then she calls for Mitch. Yeah. He is pee-like. Yes, because he's not supposed to be catting around. No. So she suddenly makes his face go back to being burned. And he goes, no, no. But he runs out and he, the, the woman has the best line. She's like, come back, honey. I'll go slower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Clearly, Jordan is staying in a hotel. Because I think Ellen left and then he just walked and like bandaged a hand. He's not a doctor but he's, but of he's medicine. In his, but he's in his PJs. Yeah, he's a doctor of parapsychology, a branch of science. Because <laughs> that bandage around a hand, he grabs that J&B bottle. Above the bed, like basically on the headboard, it's like shelves built in, but he keeps the scotch right where he sleeps. I love it. Or is it over the bandages? He unravels it. I think the whole time there was no mark. (laughs) 
He's just no, an it's idiot. A, it's dumb. <laughs> so, but then something catches attention. He goes to the window, which I, is that the witch? I think it is because later in. on she's at that she, window. Well, because the the sheet. He goes yeah. to bed and the sheet attacks him. There's this is terrible dumb <laughs> scene. Like two attacks. It's not there just is one. <laughs> this goes on for a while. I didn't time it, but it felt like a couple minutes of a sheet attacking a man. It was the most ridiculous unnecessary long scene oh, I don't yeah but then the witch is in the room going hey. yeah. <laughs> after the first attack oh. like you're, you're in your room you get attacked by a sheep right Jason, then- Jason's pick this is Jason's pick <laughs> do you stay do you like do you lay back in bed and go okay I got that sheet on the ground I'm going or do you like get up and I'm leave out, I'm out of there man like if that happened to me <laughs> I'm out of there I really am Sheet trying to choke me to death, getting bit by a woman that, that I tried to attack. Oh, oh my I'm, God. I, I'm Dr. Alex Jordan. I'm leaving this room. <laughs> then we cut to the seat in the next scene. He comes back. He's talking to Matt. Maddox and, and Mitch are, ha- are discussing the yeah. case. And Maddox is kind of playing coy, but he's asking a lot of questions. And, and Mitch is saying he wants to go to the scene of the last murder, but... He can't for his own safety. It, 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 there's nothing. So it, then he says, "If I had more something." So Maddox gives him a rifle yeah. and says, "Oh, here, touch and this." It, and that really rings a bell in in Cronin's mind. I don't know if he figures it's Maddox or what's going on. I don't know. I mean, that scene is really weird. Yeah, the dialogue he, is off. Cronin Mitchell's he makes a statement. I think it might have to be our next bumper sticker out of the Star Crash bumper sticker. I'm a psychic. Not a psychiatrist. Yeah, exactly. I know. I guess he figures I, I've got to get deeper into this because now is the time he's going to take the LSD. And he has this major trip. And he's running through a red desert. Way too long. It reminded me of that desert, like the and red planet from Phantasm. I, could, I couldn't tell you what was going on. No. Don't ever bring Phantasm into this movie again. <laughs> This partnership is in jeopardy. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm totally with you. The red lens. They're like, we're going to do this scene. We're just going to put a red piece of saran wrap in front of the camera. Yeah, except Phantasm was done even better. Yeah, oh, and way it's not, better. It's not, he's chasing Ellen and then the witch. And then he's in a room. And I couldn't see for the life of me. On both things, I thought, well, I found this on Daily Motion. So I thought, maybe it looks better on that. It doesn't. I don't. There's this room where they. it's like they put this kaleidoscope thing over yeah. the lens where I couldn't see what was going on but Maddox is in this room and s- kind of says a couple things and then shoots Cronin between the eyes and that's the end of the acid dream then he then he wakes up and I think he realizes that time Madd- well, Maddox is the killer Maddox, that I mean it's odd What's I assumed they were in a morgue or something like that that's what yeah because yeah. he's on a gurney it looks like he's in it yeah. yeah it looks like he's on a gurney but Maddox gets up yeah and, so then he so you're so right of but, course Maddox calls him at that point yeah because then you, the movie, the way it's cut and edited, makes a whole bunch of jumps. And the first time through, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, we're rushing towards the very end right now. Like, oh, we're, really yeah. fast. The first viewing, I must have stepped away because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what's the evidence that Max is the person? I know. Except for an LSD trip. <laughs> We're at the police station. Yeah, and Jordan's <laughs> telling these cops, Jason, go, imagine going into work and telling people, yeah, the blanket attacked me and tried to kill me. <laughs> 
and the guy goes, you know, were, were you drinking even a little? And he was. <laughs> he was, he was drinking. He's drinking like scotch. And, and, and he's, he's like, oh, I'll explain it. No, I wasn't drinking. And he's lying. He's, oh, you guys are making fun of me. <laughs> like, that's, like, forget it. Just drop it. Oh, you guys are teasing me. There's been enough time difference where the police officers also know at the time that everybody believes Maddox is the killer. And these police want to go and grab him right now. They're like, we should rely on this LSD trip. We should go, like, like no evidence whatsoever. We should go and grab it. And Dr. Alex was like, let's slow down. Yeah, don't be hasty. He's don't like be- an inch all of a sudden. He's yeah. like, don't be hasty, young hobbit. You know, yeah. because this it's not was just an LSD. LSD trip. Yeah, it was a dream. <laughs> he said it was a dream. Yeah. But, I mean, we've already established that Cronin is a real psychic. Yeah. But then they keep going, no, we should go get him. He's like, oh, no, 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 guys. No, 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 no. We shouldn't do that. Then Cronin is just casually walking down the street. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm going to go meet the cops. We're going to go get Maddox. Yep. Maddox is up there on a roof, kills him. Yeah. Just like in the hallucination. And the other cop just suddenly is on the scene, and Maddox shoots him. Huh? What a drag. What did that what was that all about? Jordan comes and he goes, You you help your guy. I'm gonna go get him. <laughs> it is like the longest chase. <laughs> it is. It's a, and it's not even cool like a cool William Friedkin movie, you know? It's it's just this chase scene. They're running, he's chasing Jordan's chasing Maddox, and finally he corners him and Maddox goes, I'm unarmed. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. And he and Maddox Shoots goes him. like there's a question right there, like, is Maddox really the person or did the witch have him shoot? Like, did the witch use her powers? Because Max makes a statement almost like, why are we doing this? Like, it's the dialogue is strange. He's like, why are we doing this? And I'm unarmed. I, yeah, unarmed. I, I just, I still think Maddox was the killer. Yeah. So, but he shoots him five times. And yeah. it, it is, it sounds. And it goes like. <laughs> it's. It really does sound like they had one of those five-gallon buckets you'd get, like, they just hit the bottom of it. It is the worst excuse for a gunshot but ever. also, you're shocked, like. As a agent of the government, he just shot an unarmed guy five times. The chief is all ticked off. He says, they pulled five slugs out of, out of Maddox. You know, you stalled. Might have cost Mitch. Mitch's life. And he's like, was it necessary? I love Jordan because he's so whiny. He goes, would you have rather Maddox killed me? This has been most unpleasant. You talk as if I wanted Max to kill Mitchell. Which he did. This was most unpleasant. Like people are getting murdered left and right, bud. He and Ellen are at dinner, and she wants to know. She goes, "Hey, you did wait a long time to for Mitch." And he goes, "Oh, that again? Yeah. Uh, this happened yesterday. It seems like. I mean, he but, moves fast, and right? And so finally, finally, he does admit. He goes, "It's and he blames her. It's her. It's your fault. Yeah. You told me as long as he's alive." <laughs> So sorry, but that voice just. And are they me. at dinner? Or are they like at a car date next to a sewer? I don't. I don't know. I don't know because he finally admits. I, yeah, I basically stalled to get Mitch killed, and yeah, because I want you. And she goes, "I knew it." And he's like, "You are not mad at me. I want to kiss." And then she becomes the witch, and of course he freaks out as a person would, and he runs into a field that's basically strewn with what looked like those black cartoon bombs. You know, just a black sphere, this fuse on it. No idea what these are. Yeah. They look like know. smoke pots or something They like do. That. They're ridiculous. Next to a sewer. The witch is chasing him. In and a course, circle. Yes. In a circle. And they, he ends up falling, getting his face burned because oh. there's flames coming out. Oh, bookending it, huh? Wait Whoa. a second. And she comes over and says, basically, no new stories begun. <laughs> I can fix your pretty face if you be my lover and protect me. And that's the end of the movie. 
It's like, ooh, setting us up for a sequel there, Hirsch. It was my movie. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, would you recommend this movie? No. <laughs> no. This. We've each brought a couple of stinkers to the, to the table. Movies that weren't that great. I don't know how you can make any case... That this isn't the worst movie. I mean, really. Oh no, I, uh, I, way. I don't know if we can find a movie worse than this. I'm, I'm gonna be on the hunt for now, but this. I and the thing is, we set it, we set it up top. It's, it's not just you know like oh, we use Fred Olin Ray as an example. It was one of his first movies. He was a kid trying to make a movie. Did wasn't able to like block a month off with a bunch of people he was like jason can you work this saturday and he that had fourteen thousand in like yeah. the late 70s herschel, a decade herschel after gordon this. lewis was already established yeah. 20 movies under his belt inexcusable this is just garbage it is so bad it is it what is about you like i said at the beginning this is the worst movie i've ever seen there is no redeemable quality where i would suggest that anyone watch this movie I mean, we had a lot of good ch- chuckles and laughs about this movie. When I was watching this movie, every once in a while, I was like, man, it's only an hour and 20 minutes. Like, how much longer do I have? I, I, rarely do I look at my watch and I'm like, oh, like, I got to watch this again. Yeah, another half hour. Even bad films. There are bad movies. I think you mentioned, you know, some Ed Wood, yeah, Plan 9. Yeah. You'll watch that again. Yeah. I'll watch that again. I will never watch yeah, that. Yeah, this will never be back, something that I rotate through. I don't know why this movie doesn't appear on more, like, the worst movie lists. It should. My only interest is to find out what happened. Tony McCabe again. Yeah. If you what happened can, to Tony McCabe? If you know what happened to Tony McCabe? He died in 1968. A year after this movie, he was a young man. Yeah. So the, something happened. The prime of his life. Maybe a witch. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I would totally recommend Millstream. Oh. As always, anything they do, they do such great beer. But the wheat and the Kolsch, these were great. Again, it's like 90 degrees here. These were, these were perfect beers for this day. Stock up on these for the summertime. Hell yeah. Definitely available in Iowa. Widely available. I'm going to go back. I'm gonna, Even if I'm not at the brewery, it's like I can go to any grocery store. I can go to a liquor store. It's widely available. I A lot of places I go to, they'll have something on tap. Nice. Well, I can get it on tap pretty readily, so that's a good time. But out here in California? You're out of luck. You got to have friends. If you know somebody from back there... If you're doing beer exchanges with people, get some Millstream. Their stuff is legit. They've You'll been doing be it a happy. while. You'll Absolutely. Be happy. I think that about wraps it, this it one. <laughs> Small mercies. Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.